ears to hear, ears to hear, ears to hear, ears to hear. You know, in, uh, in the New Testament, um, seven times Jesus, um, and he's the only person that makes this statement in the New Testament, but Jesus, our Lord, would make the statement, to him who has ears, let him hear. To him who has ears, let him hear. And when Jesus is saying that, he's basically trying to say, you're stubborn and you ha- you're hard-headed and you don't li- you're not listening. Uh, and so he would say it again and again and again, and all for different reasons. But what he's really trying to say is, like, I need you to be able to listen. I need you to be able to listen. I need you to be able to listen. He'd talk about parables, about the, some of those that, that took the seed of God and it actually fell into their heart and it, and it worked and it took. Um, and I, as you know, many other people that you may be aware of that heard the gospel, but it didn't quite take. Um, and so we want to be those people that have ears, that hear the gospel, grab it and say, this is the only thing that matters to me in my life. Uh, the, you alone have the words of life, Jesus, and I'm going to cling to it with all my heart. Amen. And so anyways, uh, let's pray. Ears to hear. And um, we'll get started. Jesus, give me ears to hear what you're saying and what you're doing here today. Help. Amen. Cool. Uh, so here we go. We have, I'm going to start off today with five hows of how, I don't know, has anyone here ever heard God speak to them? Raise your hand. Some of us have not, in the very conversation of Jesus speaking to you, will freak you out. And what I realize is that this is kind of like a Pentecostal term to a lot of people, like the idea that God spoke to me, and God spoke to me and said this, and, and I don't know whether God actually did speak to uh, this person or, or not, but I want you to know that it's, let me start over, it's important for you to understand that Jesus is saying, my sheep hear my voice and they know me. John chapter 10, verse 27, he says that my sheep hear my voice and they know me. My sheep hear my voice and they know me. Romans chapter 8, verse 16 says that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. What's important that we understand is that it's different if you were Buddhist and God spoke to you, that would be a supernatural thing. If you were uh, Muslim and God spoke to you, that would be a supernatural thing. If you were uh, Hindi and God spoke to you, that would be a supernatural thing. But I have to tell you, it's not a supernatural thing for God, for Jesus to speak to his sons and daughters. Because he said in John chapter 10, verse 26, 27, please look it up, I promise. My sheep, the people that follow me, they know my voice. I believe that Jesus' will is to speak to his bride. And to say it in a different way, the reason why it's not abnormal for God to speak to you as his son or daughter is because this is not a religion, and God is not dead. You have a relationship with him, and he is trying to dialogue with you. And the way to improve and cultivate your relationship with God today is to learn how to recognize the voice of God. And that's what we're going to dive into, to him who has ears let him hear. I think that this sermon today is going to be radically transformable to some people here. Is that a word? Transformable? It is now. Write it down. At one time, ain't wasn't a word. So who knows? You know, here we go. I got two cups of coffee going on here. It's my chaser. Here we go. Number two, number one. Uh, The first way that God speaks to people 
and uh, most people I believe in this room will not have fallen under this category, is that God will speak to you audibly. Okay, now this is a rare thing I want you to know. I don't want you to get freaked out. Uh, the audible voice of God is kind of rare. And so, but what's funny is if you've ever been around someone who's Christian and they may have been um, maybe more spiritual than you or something, they may have said God spoke to them, even with you there. And you're like, but I, he spoke to you and I didn't hear it. No, no, audible voice of God is different. We could see it in scripture. It's in Matthew chapter three. I'm gonna show it to you. This is actually the only time, one of the times in Scripture that we see the Blessed Trinity all in one place. And so what happened is Jesus was just being baptized in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. It says, when he had been baptized, Jesus came immediately up out of the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and a lightning upon him. I don't know what it looked like for the Holy Spirit to descend upon him. But I do know because it was like a dove. It wasn't a dove, but it was like a dove. Does that make sense? Spirit of God is descending down upon Jesus. And so that we know that the heavens were open and the voice of God. So we see Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and we see the Father. Suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Many translations say, and suddenly a loud voice came. And that descriptive voice idea of defining what the voice of God sounded like in this scenario, in this audible scenario, was that it was loud. I want you to understand one of the ways that God speaks is audibly, out loud, with a tone, with a definition. So some people, I was talking about another pastor, Erwin McManus, right? And I was thinking, uh, Erwin McManus is my, it's my wife's favorite speaker, and he's one of my least favorite speakers, uh, because he sounds like Kermit the Frog, and I can't get over it. Uh, and, but when someone speaks, they have an audible tone in the way that their voice sounds like. And many of you guys are like, well, your voice doesn't sound... Yeah, I understand. I, had to, I listened to it too. Uh, number two, the way that God speaks is he speaks through the prophets. Now, uh, you got to hear this. This is the way that God speaks... To the prophets, if someone is a prophet, it doesn't mean that they hear the audible voice of God either. I'm going to get into this, but watch. They actually, God defines how he speaks to prophets. It's kind of neat. Numbers uh, chapter 12, verse 6. And then he said, listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. And I speak to them in dreams. I'm gonna, I, I think I'm going to explain that again in a little bit, but God will speak through other people that I have a word of the Lord. I want you to know that anytime someone comes up to you anywhere in any church or any parking lot or any store, if they walk up to you and say, I have a word of the Lord for you, you should always tell them to write it down. Don't ever believe them. I, I can't tell you how many prophets told me that I was going to marry this this girl or this weird, I don't marry people with three noses, man. I'm sorry. It's just you know, how it is. But I've heard multiple times people tell me, people, some of you know people that told me that I was going to marry, and I'm so grateful those things didn't work out. Okay, here we go. Um, but God speaks through visions. Now, because they're more spiritual, it doesn't mean that they hear audibly. It actually says that what's laid upon them is a vision or a dream. It's almost like they can see something and now they say what they see, but they say God spoke to them. But it wasn't necessarily that God spoke to them. It was that they saw or felt or knew something. I'm going to dive into this again a little bit more. Some of you were like, I don't agree with this. It's all good. Prove it. Here we go. Number three. The third way that God speaks to his people is through fellowship. 
Well, I, I actually, this is one of my least favorite Christian words of all time, fellowship, but it is important that we understand that when the saints get together, something happens. When the people of God get together, God is there in their midst. And what God is saying in here in, in Scripture, I'm going to show you two par- parts. Uh, the plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Uh, and then another one here is where there is no counsel, counsel people fall. But the multitude of counselors, there is safety. The multitude of counsel, there is wisdom. What I want you to understand is that when you, you, me and my own understanding, I have an idea of how we should run our church. But the reason why we have boards and the reason why we have uh, a staff is because Tim isn't always the brightest crayon in the box. You know what I'm talking about? Like, and so I, although I know the Lord and I'm so close, I know some of you guys are like, he's so spiritual. He hears everything from Jesus. Not always. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. You know what I'm talking about? Like, and so, but there's wisdom in the multitude. And so what happens is when you get around other people that are believers, and it's important that you get around people that are believers, because sometimes God will ask you to do something crazy. For example, God may ask you to give $20 to the poor person in a third row wearing a blue shirt. I don't know if there's a person. Blue shirt. There it is. And so... Um, <laughs> And so anyways, if, if that's, you'd be like, well, why would God ask me to give? Giving doesn't logically make sense on any planet because the whole purpose that we worked and we have is so that we would have more. Why would God want me to give it away? But wisdom, there's, when there's, yeah, you know what? I get a sense that that's probably a good thing for you. You should try that out. I, I think that God speaks often through fellowship of people, through what God is saying and through trials. Hey, look, I'm having a hard day. And then, cool. The fourth way that God speaks and this is the most and the greatest way, and I think that there is a massive decay in the church today. God speaks through the Word of God. God speaks through the Word of God. God speaks through the Word of God. He speaks through the Word of God. Now, what I'm saying when I say God's speaking, He's not talking. But something happens when you read the Bible, okay? Let me show, let me, let me show you. You're reading, right? And you're like, man, oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. And something like goes off. It's like a light bulb. It's like an understanding. It's like a knowing. It's like an impression. It's like you can see it. There's clarity that pulls back. It's not that God necessarily spoke. Hey, idiot, this is for you. No, what, what he, what he, what, there was clarity. And in the clarity, God spoke. And that's what, the, the, what, what people say when God speaks is that there, all of a sudden there's understanding. All of a sudden you can see. All of a sudden it makes sense. Things are falling together and the pieces make more. There's an impression there. And God speaks through his word. And what I want to encourage you guys is when you read the Bible, and please, please read the Bible. I'm thankful that you come to church, but I can tell you that what you read tomorrow will be far better than anything I tell you today. Because when God speaks to you, when his word comes alive and puts an impression in you, now it's different now you're actually dialoguing with the man upstairs. This book is the greatest seller for one reason. It is alive like nothing else. It speaks through the ages, 6,000 years of writing, and somehow it's still current. That don't make sense. You know what I mean? Cool. Okay. Um, the fifth way that God speaks, in my opinion, this is the one that we've heard the most, is called the still small voice. And the still small voice still doesn't mean that God spoke, but it leaves an impression. 
It leaves an understanding. It leaves clarity of something that's going on. We could find it in the scriptures. I, I, Isaiah is on, a, is on the top of a mountain. Elijah is on the top of a mountain. And I was funny because I was thinking of using this story. And then I read it. And it actually says still small voice in it. So I was like, it's so perfect. Anyways, here we go. So Elijah is on the top of the mountain. He had just killed all of these, these, these all of the prophets of God were killed except for Elijah and then Elijah really calls down fire and all these other people die and he's like this great big dude he's awesome he's sticking his chest out and this lady's like I'm gonna kill you and he's like oh my gosh and he turns into a coward I don't understand what happened but he was he did something this happens all the time in the church we see God do something great we're filled with faith and then something silly happens like you get a bill or someone calls you dumb and all, you melt like wax. I mean, it's like, oh, you just come apart. And so Elijah ends up on this mountain, and he's crying, and he's freaking out, and he's paranoid, and he's hiding in a cave. And so what happens is the Spirit of God says, let me take you there. This is so wonderful. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the, mountain, into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Let me stop there. At that very moment, this sounds a lot like some kind of hurricane or tornado or typhoon or something. I'm not sticking around in this cave. I'm trying to find somewhere that's a good shelter that's going to be good, right? So the mountains, the, the wind tore into the mountains and there was like this shaking and the mountains fell apart and it was crazy. And then after the winds, the scripture says that there was an earthquake. I think, yes, and after the wind was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And now I'm freaking out. After the wind, there's a big tornado. I'm leaving. And then there's an earthquake. I'm definitely not staying in a cave. In a cave. Get me out of far away from a massive rock that's going to crush me. I feel like that's the word of the Lord right there. I had an earthquake. I'm out. He missed the mark somehow, right? And so he, he says that the, the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. Now I'm down. Come on, get me near a water or somewhere else. There's got to be somewhere else to go. And it says that uh, but the, the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire was a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it. He wrapped his face up in his mantle, right? He's like, oh, God, this is awesome. I'm so scared. He went out and he stood at the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him. And you know what the Lord said? What are you doing here? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Like God spoke to him three times and he didn't listen one time. And all of a sudden he has to actually speak to him like, why are you still here, Elijah? You're an idiot. And I feel like this happens a lot in the church. There are a lot of stubborn, stubborn people in the church today that don't get it. Anyways, he gives them this mission and he goes somewhere else. But still, he spoke to him. And I don't know if he actually spoke to him or if there was an awareness where Elijah goes, you know, I need to not be here anymore. I probably need to go somewhere else. Still small voice. This is how he's talking. Anyways, let me show you this. I'm going to take you to a passage in John. And uh, in John, let me read this passage to you. It says, Then Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long will you keep us in doubt? If you're the Christ, please tell us plainly. Jesus answered them. He said, I told you. You don't believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. You don't believe because you're not my people. You're not, you, don't understand. you don't believe me because you're not my people. But as I said to you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. What Jesus, our Savior, the guy who died on the cross is saying is that if you follow me, you'll know my voice. 
And one of the problems that I see in the church today is that we have a lot of Christians that aren't actually following God. What I'm saying is that we're marching to the beat of our own drum. And he says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. I think that that is awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. All right, here we go. Um, Ellie, would you come? Anyways, uh, Ellie said she had something she wanted to say earlier and I said that I'd give her an opportunity. So, here you go. There's Ellie. Dios, te doy gracia por este día. Te doy gracia que tú nos oyes, Señor. Que en la, en la vida de nosotros, tú estás con nosotros sobre todo lo que vamos a pasar, sobre todo, todo lo que estamos pasando ahora. Cuando nosotros sentimos que no estamos en tu gloria, en tu presencia, Señor, tú todavía estás ahí mirando a nosotros, hablando con nosotros y... Tu presencia nos sigue delante, Señor. Te doy gracias que de donde nosotros vamos, tú ya has estado. Tú ya sabes lo que vamos a pasar, de todo lo que estamos sufriendo, Señor. Que tú tienes la misericordia y la paz. Que nosotros podemos uh, sobrevivir todo de la vida. Que tenemos un propósito, Señor. Te doy gracias, Señor, que tu poder es just tan maravilloso, Señor. Y te doy gracias por esta vida que nosotros vamos a vivir y por el propósito que tenemos. Thank you, Ellie. Ellie, well, I don't know um, what you had to say or what you said there, but how did you know you were supposed to be done? All right. Thank you. You guys give it up for Ellie. Uh, how many of you... Um, understood what Ellie said. Okay, let me ask you this. How many of you understood some of what she said? And how many of you kind of had an impression of what she was saying? Okay. The reason why I say that is I'm talking to my son right now on a nightly basis, and I'm asking him every day if God spoke to him at school. And so my son said, Dad, I want to get water baptized. And I said, son, you're not ready yet. And he keeps on asking me when I'm going to be ready. And I said, well, tell me what God said to you at school. And he, he doesn't know what that means. And so I start dialoguing with him. What would it look like if, do you need God at school? Well, yeah. Well, what would it look like if God spoke to you? What do you need God to do for you at school? Well, help me with my test. Okay, well, that's, okay, that's something. What would it look like if God spoke to you with your test? And so I'm trying to get into his head, like, what does it look like if God speaks to you? What does it look like if God speaks to you? And he's having a hard time because he doesn't understand God's voice. And so we've been dialoguing about this and dialoguing about this and dialoguing about this because it's very important that, that my son learns that he's not going to get to heaven because he's a pastor's kid. He's going to get to heaven because he follows Jesus. Now, it's important that you understand this because Jesus said that my sheep know me, they know my voice, and no one can snatch them out of my hand. I will give them eternal life. And the... So what's important is he's having a hard time understanding God's voice, and I thought of a couple things with this illustration. Thank you, Ellie. One, you can learn God's voice. You can learn it, just like some of you had to learn Spanish. And, I, and, I, and there's another thing that I was thinking of is that as Ellie was here, is that you can sense what you're supposed to say 
or pray or do, or even when you're talking, you can get a sense that God is about to say or do something. And what I mean is this. I believe as an early Christian that God will begin some baby things in you to learn for you to identify the voice of God that may not even be the voice of God, but it'll be an impression. And here's what I believe, the things that I, you've often heard me say this, and I think it's funny and dumb and cute and whatever, but uh, the first words that I learned in Spanish is the first words I learned in English. It's also the first spiritual word that I learned, and that was no, right? No. Uh, And so because no is said oftentimes with authority. In the spirit, you'll hear it because you'll walk into something that is dangerous, and everything inside you will go off, and you'll go, no. Another word that I believe that you'll hear next is danger. I'm not necessarily saying that the word danger will come alive, and I'm not necessarily saying that the word no will come alive, but I believe something that sets the tone of the word no will come alive, and something that sets the word of danger. I remember when I first became a Christian, I was, uh, unfortunately, I was sexually active, when I became a Christian. And so I remember going to church every Sunday morning, Saturday night, we'd be out partying all night long, doing drugs and all kinds of other stuff. And I was so excited to go to church on Sunday and receive the Holy Spirit. I was like, man, it is like the coolest thing that happens when the Holy Spirit falls in. I'd be telling all my guys that were drinking and we're I'm like, dude, you got to come to church. And we'd have like 12 people at church the next Sunday morning. And I'd be so, I'd be worshiping and it, you know, I'm such a hypocrite. But I didn't know. I just didn't know. I didn't know. But I remember when I would, I would go leave and I would go with my girlfriend and I, we would, I would put myself in harm's way and something inside me would say danger spider senses going off all over the place like this is not a good thing that's about to happen and I didn't even know it was going to happen but I knew something was going to happen and something inside you that will go off and it's God's way of speaking to you you need to get out of this place Jack you got to know, that's God speaking. But he didn't say anything, but he said a lot. Here's another thing that God's going to speak. I believe he's going to say yes, but often the way I believe God says yes is the same way my daughter learned what the word yes meant. She understood it was good. This is good. This is good. You can have, this is okay. This is good. And, and you just kind of feel like welcome, like this is okay for me. I remember the first time I got saved and I'm sitting in the chair and I just, I felt like, man, I don't know what's going on, but this is good and this is good for me and I need to be a part of this and I need to, I don't know what, but it, I'm feeling like, yeah, it, it's good. I know that the first thing that happens, Nicole said it to me a couple months ago when she was water baptized here at the church. She said it was, she just felt like good. Yeah, because when you get water baptized, just like Jesus, the heavens opened up and God said, this is my son and whom I'm well pleased with. It's because this moment, you're perfectly cleansed. You're alive. You've declared to everyone that you're going to live for Jesus. You're going to stand. That is a moment of you are good. You're good. I don't care what's happened. You're good. There's another one that I believe that God is going to say, and this is a tough one, and this is going to learn whether or not you go to the next level, is go. Now, go is a hard one, man. Go is a hard one, and I don't know where you're going to go, and oftentimes, there's a million questions that comes when God speaks to you, and here's, let me tell you the news, Jack. God often doesn't feel the need to define how he is going to accomplish what he's going to accomplish. 
This bothers the snot out of me. I don't like it. I've talked to him about it. He hasn't felt like he needed to fix that. He just says, go, and you've got to figure it out in the process. But what I've learned is when God tells me to apologize to my wife, I don't know how it's going to happen. But when I say I'm sorry, all of a sudden all the right words come out. When God say, he puts an impression on you to go and say something to someone or at church or at something, you generally just get the first couple words. You get an impression. God didn't necessarily download or speak to you everything you're about to say. You're about to add a lot of stuff to it. Let me explain to you. My sermon wasn't all from God today. God only told me a couple things to say today, and I'm giving a lot of extra content to what I think God is trying to say. Does that make sense? But he's going to put an impression in. And when you go... All of a sudden, you're standing on water. You could stay in the boat, or you can get out. He could send you to another state, and you ain't going to know the resources or how you're going to do it or who you're going to do it with, but you can go or stay. But when God said to go to, not D.C., I forget every time, Virginia, right? Somewhere up there. They're not telling me. So anyway, so, they, so when God said go, he didn't download all the information, right? No. Nothing, right? You just got to, um, I've, I've got to go. When the Lord told me that I was supposed to ask out my wife, guess what? He didn't tell me a whole lot of stuff. And some of you guys think that I'm crazy, but I swear it, I swear it, I swear it. Shaza was there. Pogo was there. First night I went, Scotty was there. First night I went on a date with this chick. That's it. I'm going to marry that one. They're like, what? You bumped your head. No, I swear it. Watch. It's going to happen. I proposed. I got, went and bought a ring two months later because I knew. I didn't know how it was going to go down. In fact, I thought she was going to leave me three months later. All I, all I had was go. And you got to go with that. And that's got to be more than enough. And I'm sorry that you won't understand the process, but when you decided to say, I'll never forsake you, I'll never leave you, I'll never, you didn't understand the process. You just got to go with what little information you got at the time, and you got to stand on it. But you will learn the voice of God if you can learn the impression of God. I've got to keep going. Does that make sense? Okay. So when I say God's going to speak... It's probably going to happen in a sense, in an impression, in some kind of vision, in some kind of dream, in some kind of understanding, in some kind of moment of clarity. The light bulb goes off, and yes, this is thy will. I've got to step into it. And there's not, there may not always be a whole lot of clarity in it. Here we go. Four senses. And so what I learned is that what I'm trying to tell my son is that you're not going to see him, and you're not going to hear him, and you're not going to feel him, but you'll know, son. And so we started talking about some situations that it's going to look like. You're going to see someone who's alone at school, and they don't have many friends. And God's going to tell you to leave your friends and go and hang out with that person. And that's the call of God on your life, son. And if you'll either meet that moment then you can arise to the next one. But I'm so grateful that God doesn't give everyone a pulpit until they learn to start practicing these little pulpits that he's given us at Walmart and at Publix and at Chick-fil-A and, uh, you know. All right, here we go. Um, so some of us will learn to understand Spanish. We'll learn to understand the language of God. And it'll get deeper and deeper and deeper and greater and greater and greater until where people like Patty, until where people like Alicia and, and Phil and Pat. And, I mean, these guys are champions of the faith, and they understand God's voice. And I'm a baby still trying to figure it out. Here we go. I'm going to keep going. Sometimes um, it's not sense. Um, 
as a pastor, this is when I get nervous, is when Jesus, um, is when you don't hear Jesus. Now, what I've learned is that many of us that are believers will go through seasons where we haven't heard God in a while. Now, this is a common thing. God will pull away so that you chase after him. But sometimes we don't get the memo and we stop looking. This is a really, really, really dangerous time when God is not speaking to his people because of this reason. For as many are as led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. When we decide to become a believer, that's the moment that we declare that he is wise and we will follow him. So when we stop sensing his leadership and his direction, who's leading? Who's driving the boat? And so this, there has to become a daily hunger inside of us that we say, I want to hear, follow, and obey what he's saying. Most of what he's going to say is apologize. It's okay. You don't have to be right. He's going to say a lot of things, and it just puts you in a position. And when you put yourself in a position that God's voice is bigger than yours, you'll hear more. And when you shut down that, and you put pride in, and you say no, now you're leading and God doesn't always feel the need to like push and put. He'll let you drive for a little while. And man, and the hard thing is I watch as a pastor in the decisions that go really wrong. And then later we come back to the church and we say, man, I, man I've, 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 I've went the wrong way. Okay. Uh, so I know that there are seasons uh, when, uh, when we don't hear God. Uh, as many are led by the Spirit of God. Um, oh, here's another couple of verses I want to read. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit will set their mind on the things of the Spirit. But for the, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Spiritually minded is life and peace. What I realize is that you're either going to live in the flesh or you're going to live in the spirit. And if you're going to live in the spirit, you're going to follow the Holy Spirit. And what that looks like, guys, is a simple surrender and God lead me and use me. And I know that my son's having a hard time with this. And I know that the people of God are having a hard time with this. Some people are like, man, I'm not good at prayer. I understand. Some of the best prayers are God lead me. In fact, when Jesus said that I will give you the Holy Spirit, I hope this isn't boring. When Jesus said that I will give you the Holy Spirit, he said that he will lead you and guide you into all truth. And so some of it is not necessarily a speaking, but a follow me. There's an old story I heard once about um, this general. It was in World War II, and they were fighting um, this war, and they realized that the enemy had left their, I think it was in Bastoge, if you know the War of Bastogne, anyways, um, that they had, the enemy had abandoned their post. And there was a field that they had across, but they were terrified because the war went on for like two years of a standstill. And it was cold and it was snowy. And they got a sense that they were supposed to cross, but they knew that it was a minefield. And that's why it was so hard to take this territory because for years it was a standstill. But also to advance is to advance right through a minefield. And the general had gotten the impression that um, if I lead my people, they'll follow. And he just kind of said, I, I, I know how to do this. Uh, just step in my footprints. 
And he led his people one step through the snow at a time, and his whole army marched behind him. And I think that that is like it, man. Like, can you imagine? Like, that's how we follow Jesus, right? Mm. Okay, here, I have to keep going. 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 Uh, but you are not in the flesh, you're in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Oh, wait a second. Hold on. So what I'm trying to say is that if you've been born again, you have the Holy Spirit. If you've been born again, God wants to speak to you. If you've been born again, you have the Holy Spirit living inside you, which means that you you can be led by the Spirit of God. You can hear the voice of God. It doesn't mean that tomorrow you're going to wake up and know Spanish. It doesn't mean that tomorrow you're going to wake up and know the voice of heaven. But I also think of what's really funny is that there's been seasons in my life where the voice of God has gotten dark on me. What I mean by that is that I've gotten really good at learning God speaking to me. There were some seasons where I felt like there was some confusion in my life and I just didn't understand God. And I, I kind of feel like in some seasons, God changes his language. You know, like he knows every language in heaven. You know what I mean? Like, he, I don't know if you know, but God doesn't speak English. You know what I mean? Like that's not the, the language of heaven. And so uh, sometimes you kind of have to really lean in. On, uh, I used to work at T-Mobile. I, uh, I used to work at T-Mobile. It feels so good to say that. Uh, and so anyways, um, uh, most of my coworkers were Spanish. And when I was listening to their dialogue, I had to really lean in to understand what I believe I'm trying to get out of what they're saying. And sometimes if you want to hear God, you're going to have to lean in and pay closer attention. He is speaking. He's not dead. I can guarantee you that God is currently speaking to you. He's speaking to you in your finances. He is speaking to you in your family. He is speaking to you at your job. He is speaking to you about your children, about your parents. He is speaking to you about everything that matters current in your life. Most of the time, we have an agenda, and we have to learn how to surrender that so we can hear. Okay, I have to keep going. Uh, I have to keep going. Number four, this is the last... All right, I just have to say this here. Okay, so uh, there are th- there's examples of people in Scripture that have gone through seasons of life that followed God and didn't hear. I'm just going to paraphrase. Scotty, forget about it. Peter, multiple times in Scripture, Peter is the leader of the church, right? He is the head. He was the one, like the captain. Uh, oh, captain, my captain. He, Peter's the man. And, uh, and so he... Um, leader of the church, and we see right as Jesus is about to go to the cross, he gets arrested. He's about to be arrested. Jesus tells the guards, I am the guy you're looking for. Peter gets ticked off, grabs a sword, swings it at some guy's face, misses, cuts their ear off. And Jesus is like, Peter, oh, dude, you make a mess out of everything, okay? Like, picks the guy's ear up, he puts the ear back on the guy's head, and then he rebukes Peter, and he goes to prison, and he gets crucified for us. Jesus is awesome. And I love that, uh, like, first of all, people think, uh, I just love that Peter cut someone's ear off before he was the leader of the church. Like, it, it validates me, you know what I'm about? Like, I can make a mistake. Like, if you cussed out your neighbor this week, you could still be a Christian. Peter cut someone's ear off. If you didn't do that, you're all right. And so um, there's probably some theology wrong with that, but uh, I'm going to go with it. Um, The last thing is there's another passage in Scripture in Luke chapter 24 where there's two followers of Jesus that um, Jesus was crucified, and he was in the grave, and they were all confused and what's happening. And it says that two followers of Jesus walked with Jesus 
for some time and they dialogued and they talked and they dialogued and they talked and the disciples that followed Jesus didn't know it was Jesus walking with them for miles and I think to myself how long have I been in a season where God is with me and I didn't figure it out for months and I'm walking with God but I know that I know that I know that he is speaking in a scenario God is not dead he is currently trying to speak to you and this is my last point The way to provoke yourself to get better at hearing God's voice. Now, I'm not good at a lot of things, and some of you guys know this about me. I'm actually not the smartest guy in most rooms I go in. But there's one thing that I am good at that separated me from a lot of other people, and that is I know that I'm hungry for God. And when you hunger for God, Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you want to know Spanish, all you got to do is try. If you want to play baseball, all you got to do is try. But what happens is, is we enter into a relationship with Jesus, and we get distracted from the reality that we're supposed to have relationship with him and dialogue with him. We stop trying to make that a priority in our life, and we wander astray. The priority is that, like, listen, there is probably no greater honor on earth than God speaking to your soul. Imagine the benefit that we have against everyone else that is in this world. When they have to go through financial disarray alone, And you get to go into it knowing that if he is for me. Imagine the benefit of someone saying, doctor walking into your room and saying that you're sick. And you knowing that that God holds your, he's the God that walks with us through the fire. Like it changes the whole scenario. If he's with me, does it matter what a doctor says or what a bill collector says or what some, like there is, there, is, there is nothing else. And so I think what separates some people in this room is some people are trying to do religion and some people are gonna try to do relationship. And relationship is when God talks back and when his voice is more important than yours. I know that you have an opinion about everything you're doing in your life. But I believe when we get to a point where we want his will and we want his voice above our own, that's when our ears open up and we have ears to hear and eyes to see. And I believe, I'm going to make sure I say this again, when God speaks to you tomorrow, when he says go or good or danger or no, I don't believe it'll be a voice. I believe it'll be an impression and a sense and an understanding. Now, some people will say that that's heresy. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. But I believe that you will know and you will have a moment of clarity. Rachel, would you come? I told Rachel I was going to talk. I talked for longer than I planned. Again, I'm sorry. I try to get better at it every week and it just doesn't work. Uh, Scotty, will you kill the lights and will you guys close your eyes for me? Um, I just wanted to set a couple moments at the end of this service to reteach ourselves 
the priority of recognizing God's voice in our life. God, you're with us. Would you lead me? Would you speak to me? I want to know your voice. I want to hear your opinion about my family. I want to hear your opinion about my faith. I want to hear your opinion about my calling and my ministry and my destiny. I want to hear your opinion about my coworkers and my relationship with them. I want to hear your opinion about my finances and my friendships. And I want to know your leadership, God. I want to know your voice. Those that are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And I want to be led by you, God. I believe with all of my heart that you're not dead. And I believe that you love me. And so I want to reposition my, my heart right now to posture it in a way. I'm just going to stop for one second and say this. One of the hardest things that happens in marriage is miscommunication. It's two people that love each other that are dialoguing and not hearing each other. I know you're speaking, God. I just want to understand. Most of what God says will not be complicated. It'll be simple. Speak to me about my finances, my friendships, my career, my calling, the gifts of God inside me. So right now, I'm just going to ask you to stir yourselves. Circle one of those things and talk to God about it. Show me. Speak. He's speaking right now. As Rachel sings, would you just listen?